0: Good evening, everybody. Thanks for listening tonight. As always, I am Sandman. I'm going to be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call Parareality. Wow, it's been a pretty wild February, don't you think? All of this Chinese spy balloon stuff combined with the Ohio train derailment have given us conspiracy theorists plenty to talk about. The train derailment alone is huge, but what eclipses it is the spy balloon. Actually, it's more like spy balloons, plural, because it seems that there might have been more than just one. There's been a total of four Objects shot down in the skies above North America since February the 4th, and there very well could be more. Now, that's as of this recording, so there could very well be more. Although nothing further has been revealed to us, we all know that where there's one, there's more, right? Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? With all the speculations and conspiracy theories that are floating around out there about this Chinese spy balloon... I thought it would be appropriate for me to devote this episode of Reality to looking at some of the more popular theories and give you my opinion of what's really going on here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know that I'm not one to simply believe every conspiracy theory that comes along, and this one's no different. One of the things that I do that I think really sets this podcast apart from others such as this that deal with this kind of alternative topics is that I do my, my research and then present the information to you in an unbiased manner and let you make up your own mind as to what believe what to believe. Now there are there's no shortage of podcasts out there. Like everybody has a podcast these days, it seems like. And there's also no shortage of podcasts that deals with what I like to call alternative topics such as this one, conspiracy theories and paranormal stuff, UFOs, aliens. And I think that a lot of hosts of these podcasts, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, have a preset agenda whenever they sit down in front of the microphone. They have uh, a belief and the purpose of their podcast or the purpose of that particular episode is to present the information to you in an attempt to get you to believe like they do. And like I say, I, I don't think everybody does it that way. I think that the people that, that, uh, sit down and have these podcasts are, are doing it. Uh, most of them probably are doing it, um, unintentional. They don't realize that that's how they're approaching things. Uh, There's a lot of them that do have that particular approach. Um, And it may, I may be wrong. It may be the majority of people come at it and they want to approach it that way. And you know, but it, it, regardless, it, it doesn't matter. I think that those of us who sit down and just present the facts to you and in an unbiased way to let you Make up your own mind. I think that we are few and far between. Now, I do give my own personal opinion of things as well. However, I always want you to listen to the facts like I present them to you or as I present them to you. I want you to do your own research and make an informed, intelligent decision. And this episode is certainly no different than that. But to learn more, of course, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. So let's not delay, right? Let's get right into it. After four objects were shot down over the United States this month, social media posts about extraterrestrials increased by almost 300%. UFO fever has gripped the U.S. again after four incursions, including the Chinese spy balloon were shot down earlier this month. President Biden and other top Washington officials have said little about the repeated shoot-downs which began with this suspected Chinese spy balloon. And some haven't ruled out the possibility of aliens making contact with conspiracy theories and speculations running wild across the Internet as our government officials seemingly keep kind of quiet about it all. After at least three unidentified flying objects were shot down by the U.S., people have speculated on their purpose, who sent them, and if they were even real or not. A spokesman for the National Security Council said the objects might turn out to be harmless commercial or research efforts that posed no real threat to the United States. However, White House officials have said they posed a, quote, very real threat to civilian air traffic, highlighting the confusion around these aerial mysteries. Now, there will be an investigation, and we will learn more. But until then, this story has created a playground for people interested in wild speculating or coming up with all kinds of conspiracy theories. Now, this is in part because it feeds into so many narratives about government secrecy. U.S. and Canadian officials say the objects shot down were flying lower than the alleged Chinese spy balloon, posing a greater danger to civilian aircraft and uh, prompting leaders to send out orders to have these things destroyed. Two of those objects were flying over parts of Alaska and the Yukon that have, well, not a lot of residents. Very few people live in there. And the third object shot down was over uh, Lake Huron, over water, the Great Lakes. So risk posed by falling debris were minimal for these things. However, in the wake of the shooting down of these objects, online posts mentioning extraterrestrials increased by almost 300%. And this is according to an analysis conducted by the uh, Zingle Labs. And when asked during a news conference on whether he could say for certain aliens weren't involved, General Glenn D. Van Herc, the commander of the U.S. Air Force's Northern Command, said, and I quote, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. And that sent the conspiracy theories flying all over the place, over the Internet. White House Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre said, I know there have been questions and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. I wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, All of you knew that, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. So the press secretary is trying to do some, she's trying to retcon what General Van Herc did or did not say. But speculation, it's persisted in terms of why the UFOs have made their way over America with less extraterrestrial claims focused on Beijing. Now, I'm going to call them UFOs here because there's really, at the time that they were detected and shot down, they were kind of unidentified. And uh, the term UFO does not mean, it's not a blanket term for alien spacecraft, although it kind of is used that way. It just means that there's an object flying in the sky and we don't know what it is. Now, while the spy balloon definitely was from China, there's no evidence that these other three objects came from there, and Beijing claimed that the balloon shot down on February the 4th was engaged in, I quote, meteorological research. Despite this, the Biden administration has said that China sent surveillance balloons over more than 40 nations on five continents, violating their sovereignty. One of the most popular theories suggested that the White House and the Pentagon are actually using these airborne devices to divert attention from that chemical spill that happened earlier this month in Ohio. So in case you haven't heard, which I'm sure you have, in the city of East Palestine, Ohio, toxic chemicals were released into the air from five derailed tanker cars that were in danger of exploding on February the 6th. Some people have also said Biden's decision to wait until the balloon had reached the East Coast before shooting it down showed that he was actually in league with China, letting China spy over as much of the U.S. as he possibly could before taking action on it. Now, Claims on social media also spread that uh, UFOs were a false flag, distracting from other topics, political topics like immigration, inflation, The war in Ukraine, and the Republican Party investigating uh, President Biden's son, Hunter Biden. However, the shoot downs may be just a result of the military's becoming maybe a little bit more hypervigilant after the scandal around this Chinese spy balloon. So, hear me out here. The North American Aerospace Defense Command adjusted its radar system to make it more sensitive after this February 4th incident. Now, as a result, they've been more closely scrutinizing the airspace at these altitudes, including enhancing that radar, which may at least partly explain the increase in objects that's been detected over the past few weeks. So they're, they increase the sensitivity, I guess would be a good term to, to use. But as with so many UFO sightings, and especially given the government's aggressive response, speculation about alien activities ran rampant anyway. So are fighter pilots blasting extraterrestrial craft out of the sky? Well, ever since the 1940s, aliens have been the go-to explanation when it comes to understanding mysterious objects in our skies. It's a debatable hypothesis, but one that enjoys widespread popularity. Half of the respondents in a uh, Pew research that was done in 2021 endorsed the idea that UFOs reported by the military are actually crafts sent here from other planets. However, it needs to be said one more time that blaming the aliens doesn't pass the test in this case. Whatever China was doing with its giant balloon, the object's highly limited maneuverability— which is a common shortcoming of balloons, hardly sounds like what extraterrestrials would send our way. After all, if they can bridge the tens of trillions of miles between their planet and ours, they would surely deploy sophisticated steering technology once their probe reached our planet. I mean, we don't send our rovers to Mars just to have them float around in the sky, letting the wind take them wherever they want to go. Aliens would want to direct their hardware to the most promising vantage sites, just like what we would do, right? And it also seems unlikely that an interstellar pro would be a balloon in the first place. Balloons are slow, they're easily seen, and as evidenced over the last few weeks, vulnerable, very vulnerable to weapons like Sidewinder missiles. Though apparently one of the missiles did miss its target requiring a very expensive $400,000 do-over. They also require an atmosphere so they can float, and that limits their presence to only a few dozen miles above sea level at best. But wouldn't it make more sense for the aliens to put their hardware in a high-Earth orbit? In other words, opt for satellite reconnaissance? After all, that's what we do, right? Defense experts have already noted that whatever their origin, the balloons are a puzzling technological choice given the superior capabilities of orbiting satellites. It's also... Instructive to consider the idea of reconnaissance from the aliens' point of view. Sure, they might find it attractive to launch probes that would take up residence near to Earth and then transmit imagery and audio and other information back to their mothership or their home planet or wherever. But given the extraterrestrials have, even if they have rockets with speeds that's Let's say hundred times greater than the than the best that we can currently manufacture, those crafts would still require nearly a thousand years to get here. And that implies either very patient aliens, some sort of new physics, maybe, or even generational craft, as what's a theory that's become popular these days. But nevertheless, you can bank on the fact that some members of the UFO community will definitely demand. Proof positive that these objects are not further evidence that the earth is being visited by extraterrestrial beings. Unfortunately, that line of thinking, while it is a fun thing to think about, isn't based on reason. But rather, it's an argument from ignorance. Since we don't know what all these objects are right now, it's fair to say that they're probes from other parts of the galaxy, and that's according to what you would, a uh, ufologist would say. So, you, doing that is simply letting your fantasy be your guide. But before you get too pissed off at me, let me further iterate that it's not quite true to say that there's nothing to see here, because there definitely is. Something to see, but it's of interest to defense types and not simply relegated to the UFO community. The real explanation for why these objects have excited the UFO community is that they superficially resemble, well, UFOs, right? There's something new in the sky, clearly artificial, of uncertain origin, and visible to the naked eye, at least in one case, or if you have a pretty good and a decent telescope, you can see it with that. So here's what we know about the balloon and the Chinese spy balloon and those other objects. This is kind of like a little timeline that I'm going to give you right here. So we start off on January the 28th, 2023. China's surveillance balloon enters the U.S. airspace near Alaska before transitioning over Canada and then the continental United States. On February the 2nd, the United States Defense Department said it was tracking the balloon over the continental U.S. and that the balloon had been over Montana the day before. Now, following the announcement, for whatever reason, the balloon, as it was loitering around Montana, stopped doing that and proceeded as fast as it could toward the East Coast. Almost like China was watching our, our press briefings and was like, oh, shit, we need to steer this thing away. Fast forward to February the 2nd, the balloon was shot down. A U.S. fighter jet shot it down off of the East Coast, or excuse me, off of the coast of South Carolina. Now, the balloon's height was comparable to the Statue of Liberty, about 200 feet tall, with a jetliner-sized payload. that's huge. According to government officials, officials, It had a collection pod type of equipment on it, including high-tech equipment that could collect communication signals and other sensitive information and solar panels located on the metal truss suspended below the balloon. You could clearly see that on all the pictures that were floating around, circulating around out there. It had equipment that was clearly for intelligent surveillance, including multiple antennas that were likely capable of collecting and geolocating communications. Video of the balloon showed that it had small motors and multiple propellers that allowed China to actively maneuver the balloon over specific locations. And it was steered by a rudder. Think of like a Zeppelin, like the Hindenburg. If you have ever heard of the Hindenburg, if you hadn't, look it up. Now, um, the balloon's payload weighed more than a couple of thousand pounds, and that's according to uh, General Glenn Van Herc, who was the commander of the North American Aerospace Defense Command the U.S. and the U.S. Northern Command. So the next day, on February the 5th, the recovery of the balloon begins. Now, it was delayed by a day after it was shot down because of rough seas off the coast of uh, South Carolina. A uh, U.S. official later on said that underwater pictures of the debris field showed that the wreckage was remarkably intact given its fall from 60,000 feet. The debris field was about seven miles wide, and they, the debris was in relatively shallow water, approximately 47 feet or so. Um, and the Navy and the FBI both had dive teams that were involved in the search and recovery of this thing. As a matter of fact, the FBI has been evaluating the evidence collected from the debris field uh, at their uh, lab in Quantico, Virginia. Uh, The lab has uh, the balloon canopy, wires, other electronic components collected from the water surface, and um, so far they've not detected anything like explosive materials on any of the evidence that they have that uh, they have at least admitted to right so a few days later february the 8th in an interview with cbs news defense secretary lloyd austin said that the majority of the balloon pieces were on the surface and had been re- that that were on the surface had been recovered he said that they had mapped out the debris field and were going through detailed efforts to recover the debris that was on the ocean floor. A couple of days later, on February the 10th, the search was suspended because of bad weather. Now, the debris that wasn't retrieved from the bottom of the ocean floor had been weighted down to prevent it from being moved by the heavy seas. Also on February 10th through February the 12th, there are three more unidentified objects that are shot down. These were spotted over the U.S. and Canadian airspace. So the first one, on Friday the 10th of February, U.S. officials shot down a high-altitude object off the coast of Alaska. An unidentified object was shot down in Canadian airspace the next day on February the 11th, and the U.S. military shot down yet a third object spotted over the Great Lakes region on Sunday, February the 12th. During a briefing on Sunday, February the 12th, Defense Department officials said the last three objects did not pose a kinetic military threat, but their path and proximity to sensitive Defense Department sites and the altitude they were flying could be a hazard to civilian aviation, and that's what raised the concerns of the government. In a briefing with reporters, it was also revealed that the U.S. had been more closely scrutinizing airspace at certain altitudes, including enhancing the radar. The unidentified object that was shot down near Alaska was the size of a small car, and the object shot down over Lake Huron appeared to be octagonal in shape with strings hanging off, but there was no discernible payload. Also, the next day, February the 13th, recovery efforts returned on the spy balloon after being postponed because of bad weather. There was supposedly a significant portion of the balloon, somewhere between 30 and 40 feet uh, of the antenna, the antenna array, that was recovered from the bottom of the ocean, and, of course, these were all going to the FBI lab at Quantico. Uh, a, a Ned Price, a, a State Department spokesman, said that the State Department had communication with its Chinese counterpart because, quote, we believe in keeping lines of communication open. He went on to say that the focus remained on recovery efforts. They also released more photos of what has been recovered up to that date of the balloon. Also, on February the 13th, they're conducting searches for the objects that were shot down off the coast of Alaska and over Canada. Now, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said during a White House briefing, uh, because the remains are located in uh, remote terrain, making them hard to find. The one in Alaska, he says, making it hard to find. And the one in Lake Huron is in deep water. So the U.S. did not detect that any of the objects were sending communication signals before they were shot down. And also, they showed no signs of self-propulsion or maneuvering capabilities, and they weren't manned. So this this is... Saying that they were probably being just moved by the prevailing winds. They had no means of propulsion or steering on their own. Uh, Kirby also uh, on television on MSNBC said that the objects were flying between 20 and 40,000 feet. 20,000, 40,000 feet. Now, to the best of my knowledge, most commercial aircraft fly between 30 and 35,000 feet. So there's kind of a narrow window there. So these objects were clearly in the corridor that commercial aircraft fly. And he said that's the reason that they were shot down. And they were also much smaller than the Chinese balloon. Now, of these three objects, no one has claimed ownership of any of them, and the U.S. government or the Canadian government, as of right now, as of the time I'm recording this podcast, they haven't been able to gain access to the object's in part because of weather conditions and because of remote locations and stuff like that. But there may be a completely benign and totally explainable reason for why these objects were flying over North America, but no one is going to know one way or the other until these objects are retrieved. So on Valentine's Day, February 14th, Kirby said that so far there is no indication that the three unidentified objects were part of China's spying program or involved in external intelligence collection efforts. The United States government was also ruling out that they were U.S. government objects, though it's still possible that they were linked to commercial or research entities. And Kirby went on to say that that very well could emerged as the leading explanation for those three balloons. General Mark Mullaney, who is chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, confirmed that the first missile fired by a U.S. fighter jet at the object over Lake Huron missed its target and landed in the water. The second missile did hit the target. General Miley also said uh, more about the research for these three objects, He said that uh, none had been recovered as of that time because they were located in very difficult terrains, one in the Arctic Circle off the coast of Alaska, the other in a mountain range in northern Canada, and the third is a couple of hundred feet underwater in Lake Huron. And he went on to say that we'll get them eventually, but it's going to take some time to recover them. And U.S. officials also said that the U.S. intelligence tracked the spy balloon that was shot down earlier this month when it lifted off from uh, China. It was on an island off the south coast of China that they knew about it as soon as it was launched. It drifted east in the direction of Guam and Hawaii and then went north toward Alaska, entering U.S. airspace on January the 28th. Given the path, it's possible that the balloon was blown off course by weather, but officials said that once it came south over the continental United States, it was definitely being controlled by China. This is all happening on February the 14th, Valentine's Day. A couple days later, February the 16th, President Biden speaks out about these latest objects. He addressed the nation about the spy balloon and that unidentified objects for the first time since they were shot down saying the three most recent incidents are not believed to be part of China's expansive spy balloon program he said and i quote nothing right now suggests they were related to china's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from any other country president biden went on to say that at the time the three objects were shot down over the US that it could not be ruled out that the possible surveillance risk to sensitive facilities was high but he said the intelligence community's current assessment is that the unidentified objects are quote most likely balloons tied to private companies recreation, or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. Now, the government has apparently been observing a lot more objects like this because they, the military increased it, the sensitivity or enhanced, should I say, the sensitivity of its radars. Now, I would think that if I were a private company, or a research institution, or something like that, and I had, or even a private citizen, and I had had uh, um, invested the money into these balloons and all this research equipment to study the weather or whatever it was, scientific experiment I was conducting, and the government shot my shit down. I think that I would 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 say something about it as soon as I knew. So I don't know why, as of the time that I'm recording this podcast, I don't know why no one has come forward. Maybe they haven't realized it yet. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I would think, if, especially if it's a, a private company or a research institute, that uh, they would come forward as soon as they could and say, Hey, this was us. And this is what we were doing, but maybe are I don't know. Maybe they're scared. I have no idea. I, you know, as a, if a private citizen was conducting some sort of research, I can kind of maybe understand why a private citizen wouldn't uh, necessarily be jumping up and down to um, say, Hey, this was me. But if you're a private citizen conducting research that's a lot of your own money that you have put into this equipment. The balloon itself is probably, I would imagine, relatively expensive, not to mention the equipment. So, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like, well, at one on one side of the coin, I can understand, well, I don't want to let anyone know it was me because I don't want to get accused of spying or something like that. But on the other hand, you've got um, – all this money that you have invested in it and wouldn't you want to have your, when you want to be reimbursed for the loss of your equipment and who better to reimburse you than the United States government? You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird that no one as of yet has uh, said, Hey, this was us. And like I said, they may not realize it yet. I, I don't know. Um, I, but I would think if you were a, if you were conducting research you would know the location of your balloon and then when it got shot down and you lost communication with your balloon you'd be like well it was in the area where they said they shot it down or they sh- shot down one of these balloons and we've lost communication with our balloon so it was probably us you know now no one's going to know until they find the debris <clears throat> Excuse me, and even even then, they might not be able to find out. Even then, who knows? Depends on the condition uh, of the debris if they can trace down part numbers and serial numbers, all that sorts of stuff. I don't know. It's, I was going to say it's up in the air, but it's not up in the air because they've been shot down. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So on February seventeenth, the United States concluded its search for the debris from the balloon, which was shot down on February the fourth. In a statement, the U.S. military's Northern Command said the final, and I quote, the final pieces of debris are being transferred to the Federal Bureau of Investigation Laboratory in Virginia for counterintelligence exploitation. The statement said that the search for two of the three other objects shot down near Alaska and on Lake Huron has also ended. The Northern Command said that the air and maritime safety parameters were being lifted at both sites. So, as of Friday, February 17th, according to the United States government, this thing is over with, it's done, we don't have to worry about it anymore but is it really though so we had a a week or so of a flurry of activity where people were seeing these balloons in the sky and they were, we got to shoot them down we got to shoot them down just like uh, knee-jerk reactions from the spy balloon debacle and i call it a debacle because it kind of was i'm not i i don't think that it was mishandled by the United States government, I think that they um, handled it perfectly. Um, they disabled the uh, equipment on the balloon as best as they could, or they limited the information that it could could gather. How they did this, I don't know. Secret government shit. I, you know, not for me to to say. I have no idea. And they waited until. It was in an area where, when it was shot down, that it wouldn't cause any harm. Now, if you look at the size of this thing, there's no way that you can say, well, they should have shot it down you know, immediately when it came over U.S. airspace. There's no, I mean, that is just irresponsible, and it's stupid, and it's irrational to say stuff like that because of the sheer size of the payload on this thing if you shot it down over an area that was populated, or even if it was remotely populated and there was a, a, a city or a town anywhere near it, once you shoot it down, you can't control the direction that it's going to go. Yeah, it's going to go down, but is it going to go straight down? Or is it going to go at some sort of angle, a diagonal approach? You can't control that after you shoot it down. So the best and most logical and safest thing to do is to wait until you are 100% sure or as close to 100% sure as you possibly can be that the area you shoot it down in is unpopulated. There's absolutely no chance of human life being taken, harmed, or destruction of property is going to occur. So you disable as much of the equipment on it as you possibly can and you wait You track it, and you wait until it gets to a place to where you know you can shoot it down and everything's going to be okay. So as far as that is concerned, I think that the United States government handled it as best as they could. Now, these other objects, these other three objects that got shot down, I think those were knee-jerk reactions to um, in a response to the Chinese spy balloon. I don't think that these were... uh, objects that were being used to spy upon us. Um, I think that they were probably like what the military is saying. They probably belonged to private companies or research institutions that were probably studying shit like the weather or something like that. You know, um, Look, it, it, global temperature change, climate change, is a thing. And people are trying to study this and predict... What's going to happen and where are we at? Where are we headed? And it's quite logical to think that that's probably what was going on What is it's probably some sort of climate change study. But once again, we don't know until someone comes forward and says, hey, this was our stuff, or until the government can find or can can say, hey, we tracked stuff down and this is who it belonged to or whatever. Um, I think that – with the increased in sense, the increased sensitivity of the radar, the enhancements that's been done to our to the United States military radar system, I think that uh, it's going to take some time for them to be able to learn how to read the data and interpret the data. Or maybe it's just going to keep our military a little bit busier. Maybe it's job security. They're going to detect more of these objects and they're going to send more aircraft out. To take a look at them and see what they are. So, it, either way, I don't think that it's a bad thing. Um, we know that um, China has flown um, spy balloons over the United States before. Uh, there's supposedly it happens several times here in the Trump administration. Uh, the U.S. has spone, flown spy balloons over other foreign nations. I'm sure China and Russia. Um, being two of the hosts. There's even some speculation out there that Russia was involved with this spy balloon, that it might not have been a Chinese spy balloon at all, that it could have been a Russian spy balloon, even though China has said, yeah, this was our stuff. Um, I think that China admitting that it was theirs was a a, a good move. Um, definitely will help ease some tensions between our two nations um, because this is definitely something that doesn't need to be tolerated by us. E- e- okay, so let's just say it was a weather balloon, all right? And it was studying atmospheric conditions or whatever, and China launched it, which we know that they did. As soon as it got out of their control and they saw it was heading over the United States, someone from China should have picked up the phone and called the United States government, <laughs> however that works. I said, "Hey, this is what we've got going on. This is coming your way. This is ours. It's not spy balloon. Please don't shoot it down." But that didn't happen. Now, even if it was a research balloon for weather or some other research project going on, China still missed an opportunity there and they might not have done it just simply because they're China. Who knows? I still think that if if it was, there's nothing to it, the Chinese government handled it wrong. If there was a spy balloon, which it probably most assuredly was, I think that the way the United States handled it was appropriate, and I think that very little information from the United States was gleaned from that spy balloon. So in conclusion here with all of this, Eventually, the contents and construction of all these floating intruders will hopefully be revealed. Government officials don't seem very concerned about things at this point. The White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said, and I quote, I don't think the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft. Period. There also seems to be little doubt that more will be found now that we're on alert and our radar systems have been adjusted to higher sensitivity and had all these enhancements done to them. That may sound like good news for UFO fans, but it may also signal the beginning of the end for many of these UFO theories here. The more we know, the less oxygen They'll be for speculators. If you really want to know where I think these balloons come from, I'll say that 1, China is a better bet than the Androma Galaxy, which is our just like 2.5 million light years away and is our closest neighboring galaxy. Look, I'm not poo-pooing UFOs here. In fact, I definitely believe that life exists on other planets, and I also think that we have been visited by at least some of those life forms for a very long time. But what I am saying is that ufologists and other UFO enthusiasts need to stop using things like this whole Chinese spy balloon debacle to promote their beliefs. There's absolutely no evidence that this thing is extraterrestrial in nature. And the fact that other objects similar to this have been both detected and shot down isn't part of some grand unified conspiracy about UFOs. We are now more than ever so very close to disclosure that we cannot use stupid stuff like this Chinese spy balloon thing to derail what we and others before us have worked so hard for, for decades. Grasping onto things like this to use to further our agenda really isn't furthering it at all. It is, in fact, having the opposite effect and giving the doubters and naysayers fodder in allowing them to point their finger at us and say, see, we told you, these people were crazy. And that about does it for this episode of reality I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me because, as you know, there are a few different ways, and here they are. The best, easiest, quickest, fastest way to do it is to email me, my email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at the official Parareality Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com slash sandman dot You can post a message on my wall, send me a DM, slide into my DMs right there. Or if you have other social media accounts like Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me there too. My username on both of those is at Parareal Radio. That's at Parareal Radio. And finally, you can always call me here in the Secret Bunker. I do have a direct line here in the Secret Bunker. That number is 615-692-1170. That number, once again, is area code 615. Then dial 692-1170. You can leave me a message on the studio line here in the Secret Bunker. But I want you to remember this. If you decide to leave me a message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. So if you do not want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast. So if you have a story that you'd like to get on it, let me know over the voicemail. You can just tell it to me on the voicemail if you want. There's a three-minute time limit. So if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. So those are all the ways you can contact me here on Parareality. And speaking of Parareality, please don't forget to visit my website. Parareality.com is a place where you can keep up on all the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated on an almost daily basis some of the para news section and I don't just talk about paranormal stuff there's aliens and UFOs conspiracy theories all that sorts of stuff under the para news section of parareality.com you can also shop in the Parareality store while you're there watch some of the terrible terrible videos that I've made for the podcast over the years and I have archives tons and tons of archives of I've got audio from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcasts that I did once upon a time, Set It Off and Scared to Death. You can find all of that content for free in the archive section of parareality.com. So don't forget to check that out as well. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality. If you have a smart speaker, you can listen there too. So if you got any of the already mentioned podcast skills on your device, just say, hey, play the Pair Reality podcast. I've also got a YouTube channel, and you can listen to the podcast there too. Every audio episode, every episode of this podcast, that sounded stupid, every episode of this podcast is uploaded to YouTube because there are people who listen to this podcast via my YouTube channel. And uh, I've also got some Videos there like UFO and paranormal documentaries, chemtrail stuff. I got a little news segment that I did a few episodes on called News of the Strange. It's got some terrible videos that I did back when I was trying to do a video podcast, a a vodcast on my own with shitty equipment and no one to help me. It was horrible. But, hey, I've got those episodes up there for your viewing pleasure. To find the channel, all I gotta do is go to youtube.com and search for parareality, or just go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality one. That's my username on YouTube, parareality one, the number one. And that's it. So those are all the ways you can find me on the world wide web and listen to your favorite podcast about the paranormal UFOs, aliens, and other conspiracy theories. I'm always open for suggestions for topics on the show. So if you've got a suggestion for a topic you want me to investigate or you want me to talk about, or if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, if you've had an experience, doesn't matter whether it's paranormal, aliens, cryptozoology, whatever, if you've had some sort of weird experience and you'd like to tell the world about your experience, you want to be a guest on the show, email me, sandman at parareality.com. Dot com and we'll see what we can do about getting you on the podcast. Everyone, the next episode of Pair Reality will drop on March the 3rd. That's Friday, March the 3rd at 8 o'clock pm, Central US time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a great evening, great weekend, and I'll see you again on March the 3rd. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.